0: And you can live in the day, you're a an aim. you have to have an that makes every moment and Welcome to the show, Man in the Making,
1: everyone, Rokas. Hello nice Raj, nice to see you too. How are so, you doing? I'm great, but i would more interested in how are you are doing, considering you're newly a father. So how's the experience?
0: It is exciting. Yeah, uh we're on day 5 of our having a baby girl. Um, and what well, Wednesday we were we had a water break and we went to the hospital. It is uh and then we made it back Saturday. So we were in the hospital for Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, 3 nights. And uh the process is wild. Uh it's it's interesting reading about it, knowing about it you know, watching movies or seeing it in, in movies and stuff. But then you go through it and you experience it and it's a different, uh, different thing. It's, it's much more real. And it's not the same thing. It's, it's not what you hear about and stuff like that. It's you, every experience is unique. So I was, I was studying all these things about contractions and you know, how to time them and stuff like that. And none of that mattered because our delivery was different. Um, we, we had a, a spontaneous water break, which you don't read about because it, it doesn't happen all, all the time. And I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, and I called our doctor and I was like, wow. her water broke. And the doctor said, well, time to go to the hospital. And, and, and here I've done all my reading on you time contractions less than five minutes apart for an hour. And then you go to the hospital and that can take 10 hours or whatever. So this was just, we're back from a walk, you know, a two mile walk and boom. So we have to go to the hospital and the hospital managed the contractions. So we, you know, they, they just gave it a few hours and and said, okay, we need to start going into, um, labor you know this was two thirty in the afternoon and they're like let's 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 see where we are tonight and observe and so things were going slowly so they wanted to kick things up for the next morning and they gave they gave her pitocin which 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 fires up the labor um process and and makes warm horm- uh makes uh contractions very real very painful and fast and close together so we did that uh, based on the doctor's recommendation and then we had like six hours to sleep or rest because she could take she could then at that moment take epidural a shot in the spine and uh, get numb from the waist down and then for uh we got some rest she's you know she's on the epidural, I'm in the chair bed next to her, and then next morning, Thursday morning, um six thirty, the nurse comes in, and she's like, "All right, it's time to this is about to happen, it's time to start practicing pushing and and moving the baby through." And the baby goes back and forth as you, pre- as you push. And it's, it's not like once you push, it stays there. The baby like greases the groove, comes back and forth, back and forth. And it preps the body and preps the, you know, the opening and everything to flex and crazy process. So I'm sitting there. Um, i I get to hold one leg. I, I get to cut the cord. I, I get to help with everything. Um, you see everything, you experience uh, everything but the, the pain. Um, but, man, I, I, I realized, like, uh, that night we were there, I was like, before, we, before the nurse said we can go to bed, I was like, this is going to be, like, one of the most difficult things she's ever had to do. I, can, I could sense how challenging, like, this process is. And so, yeah, we, so from 6.30, 7.30, 8.30, so about about two hours of like active practice pushing, the baby gets a certain way and then the doctor comes, they call the doctor to come in. So the doctor um, is on call and knows it's going to happen, but doesn't need to be there. The nurses do most of the labor and then the doctor finishes it so they get the baby to a certain point where it doesn't go back the head lodges at a certain place and uh and the next few pushes and they can get the baby out so they they wait they stop there they call the doctor doctor comes and um once it was amazing once the doctor came in um the entire energy of the room shifted and it was like, whoa, this is go time. And the doctor was like, fired up. And she was like, all right, this is going to happen. You're going to have this baby and, uh, we're at a good spot and we're going to, we're going to do a few pushes and we're going to, we're going to get her out. And she, she was just like, uh, uh, had nurses, uh, staffs behind her getting her things and, and doing all the other stuff and prepping the space. And then um, more and more people start to come in, more staff, more um, different kinds of doctors, neonatologists, baby doctors, um, as it gets closer. So it's about an hour with the doctor of pushing, so an extra hour. So it wasn't just like, okay, it's going to come. It, the baby was uh, tough. She was tough at that last moment. And um, the first babies, they say, is always the hardest. The the next babies come easier, right? Because the body's already done it before. And then, yeah, the doctor um, was like, all right, on this next push, the baby's going to come. And and she did, got the head, and then she kind of got one shoulder out, and then the next one came out, and then the the half of the body, the lower half of the body just comes right out. There's no, there's no weight. And then uh, there's like a waterfall of blood and um, birth fluid and stuff like that. It's crazy. Baby comes out purple. this big purple alien with a, with a wild looking um umbilical cord. The umbilical cord is, is, is white and purple intertwined. So it's it looks like a white and purple like fruit roll-up twisted in a knot. It, it, a very interesting rope-looking thing. <clears throat> and um, they clamp it, and um, the theory is that the once you clamp and hold, you don't cut right away because the the um, stem cells go back into the baby from the blood the blood has stem cells and it's stem cell rich blood. And, uh, and then after a minute, I got a chance to cut it. And the baby at this point is just, it's a long umbilical cord. The baby is sitting on Helena, laying on Helena. And uh, while they're waiting for that, I'm waiting to cut. They're clearing out the nose and the mouth with gunk, you know, gunk cleaners. And then the baby just starts to breathe it, like it it comes to and breathes oxygen for the first time it goes from purple to red reddish pink to wow. human tone yeah crazy and and um the skull is also a different shape when it comes out because it has to it morphs as it goes it has to the skull has to reshape as it goes through wow. the birth canal so the skull is elongated. And then after like four or five hours, it, it actually comes to a normal shape. Crazy. yeah. And, I, and that was one of my first concerns. I was like, I knew it was going to come out purple because a friend of mine told me, he's like, Hey, by the way, the baby comes out purple. No one tells you that, but that's, what's going to happen. Yeah. And so thank, thank you um, to my friend there. So, the skull, it ha- it's, it's malleable in, in the, in this, in this, in the infant's life, right? The newborn, the skull is, is soft, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh so it goes back after like four or five hours. And then the next day it's, it's, it's almost a hundred percent like a normal skull. So that was my first concern. I, I just, the doctor's kind of sitting there and I was like uh is, is everything okay is, is she a healthy baby and, and she's like yeah that's fine that's normal that'll 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 go back to normal and then um I cut the cord with dull scissors it's like cutting through rope and I was like god need wow, some man. sharper scissors so I cut I made the cut and um it's really thick um baby has skin to skin contact with mommy um and then everyone kind of clears out and then the they get this table this mini table for inspection then the baby is taken over to a inspection and then the neonatologist or the baby doctor with her staff is looking at the baby inspecting temperature skin fingers toes everything bones mouth all that um And then that's at the moment where they inject vaccines and and medications. If you opt in to do that, we opted out. We didn't want any, any intervention, any needles or, or vaccines involved. And, um, and then they, they sit there for a second and they're like, okay, so why don't you want vaccines and this and that? And they double check, make sure you're declining and you're in sound, you're making a sound decision. And they were like, okay, Um, and then the baby goes back to mom and then everyone leaves, um, and comes back two hours later, um, and moves us to another room for the next two days where we spend in another room on the, just in another hallway, same birthing unit, amazing staff the entire time El Camino hospital in Mountain View, California. Um, phenomenal, just always there. Um, always like lively cheery happy just ready to do whatever you need you know not worried about anything just like there for you felt so good everyone was so amazing Uh, and then you have different specialists come in and they're like this is how you feed the baby this is how you do that and um then I had to go fill out paperwork I got the birth certificate going the social security card and all that um and even that lady was amazing she's like you're gonna do this this and this don't make a mistake here sign here baby's name here and it was like they know you're tired they know you've just been through something that is like so out of this world alien like um that they're kind of guiding you through it's like you're you know because you you're exhausted and Mm-hmm. But that was great. It was a really cool experience for me, man. For women, they have to go through so much. I can't believe it. I can't believe they do it i mean it's like if if men had to do it i don't think I don't think they would like there has to be that biological drive inside you to do it because man, it's like warfare, it's intense, and it's so total time from water break to baby out was 20 hours wow. um so which is average i think i think that's normal and for first timers so every other baby goes faster they say and it's just everything's easier about it mm-hmm. um and yeah so we're on day five we're home getting into a routine um it's just it's just a schedule, diaper change, food, sleep, play, diaper change, food, sleep, play, and it's about a three, three hour window, two hour window, before everything starts up again. And then the baby eventually will um, sleep longer and longer, and take bigger and bigger feeds and stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, it's 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 a a wonderful experience and it's great for me to use my training to use my zen principles in the same way and the baby is crying and it's like there's no reason the baby's crying she's been burped she's been fed she's been changed and it's like okay like you don't have to freak out you don't have to get upset it's just it's making a loud noise and you know you just smile and You know, hold them if they need holding, rock them if they need rocking, and or just let them let them cry. It's not really a big deal as long as you've done the other checks. And um, you know, this is where people, this is where normal people freak out. They get tired. They can't stand it. They get stressed out. But um, yeah, it's it's not really um, it's not really. It doesn't have to be that stressful.
1: Okay. And how different were the emotions from what you expected? Maybe. Well, so that's the thing. I'm people. People have been, you know,
0: coaching me on how to feel and things like that, and and what to go through. And but you know, I don't know what it is. I mean, I I remain a little different. Um, I'm I'm just observing everything. Um, I mean, this little this little human is mine and comes from us. And I love her um, and need to protect her and and everything. And she's my karma now. And, and I cried when she came out, it was a beautiful experience, Um, but nothing like, you know, nothing over the top. Helena didn't cry. Helena is the same way. She's pretty stoic she's just observing she loves you know the baby and and she's having a good recovery because we're just doing it together we're not rushing we're not freaking out it's just like i just keep saying it over again feet food uh sleep play diaper food sleep and then kind of remind her you know this is just all we're doing right now and you know um and your routine is different. Your schedule is different. It's not about you for a while. So you're just tending to the needs of this, this helpless little baby, squishy baby, and she's cute and adorable. And, um, you know, um, nothing, nothing overly emotional about it for me, nothing you know, but I've been, my, my emotional nerves have been kind of numbed and deadened a bit. So
1: from your monk training, right? Yeah. Okay. And now that you've gone through all of that, what advice, maybe that would be the right way to put it, what advice would you give others who will go through the same thing in the future? Um, I think so up up until day
0: 5 i guess i can speak on which is this is the moment where where people um lose it they get frustrated uh women go through postpartum depression which is a terrible term it's just it's shell shock it's ptsd from warfare uh traumatic experience and and there's pain for the woman after she's healing she she can't hold her her urine anymore you know she just she needs a diaper too, uh, massive blood loss. So for guys, uh, man, there needs to be two. If, it, if you were doing this on your own, that's where problems would be. Um, so, man, my heart goes out to single parents from that moment, if, 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 that's, if that's what's going on. Wow. Which it can be done, right? It's done all the time, but it's really unfortunate. But yeah, this is where people, they lose sleep. So losing sleep is hard for people. Um, and this is where I tried to tell everyone, like, I've had so much sleep depth training. It's like, okay, I'm kind of getting back into the rhythm of sleep depth training. And it feels kind of good. Um, you know, we're up in the middle of the night. And it's like, my mind, my brain just kind of snaps in and wakes up and gets to gets to it. Um Alina's more sluggish so I can actually do more of the work and help her but for people who are I would say if you're if you're going if you're going to be giving having a baby try sleep depth training wake up from try a vigil three hour vigil wake up at midnight go to back to bed at three and then get up at your normal time um, or wake up at 11 and go to bed at one thirty or something do
1: what during that time
0: um stay up, drink tea, read a book, and then go back to bed like nothing happened um, and it and it helps you go because Helena' is going through that now where you get that um they call we call it the monks used to call it the zombie state, where it's like you're real tired and everything but you can you can um conquer that state and eventually it kind of washes away and you feel normal with sleep debt. So if you can try training that way for a few months, uh, periodically just to see what it feels like and get past the zombie state, but um, don't freak out that a baby is crying. Don't try to shake it or don't try to force it to not cry. Cause that's what it does. If it's calm and relaxed, that's great. But um, for example, like a newborn doesn't like, it's arms exposed. It likes, it likes being wrapped up in what, what's called a swaddle. So just know, observe, realize that when you unswaddle the newborn, it's going to cry. It's like, it's just, what's going to happen. Um, try to, try to just observe instead of react and, and plan ahead. Um, have clothes ready, have the diaper. We have like, we had the diaper change station ready like a month ago, like have everything set out like tools. Don't have things like laid about somewhere where you can't find them. Cause when it's time to rock and roll, you need the wipes, you need the diaper, you need the clothes, you need, everything needs to be in place so that the, the, the performance is accurate. And then the baby is stressed less and it's everything's faster. And, um, Oh, Stay at the hospital as long as you can. Uh, We were allowed to stay for three nights. So um, take advantage of the nursery if they have a nursery option where they take the baby and then they give it back to you in the morning. Um, So you catch up on sleep for those critical moments and the days following. Uh, So we took advantage of that. Um, That was advice from Helena's sister, which is great advice because uh, you go from no sleep to uh, getting like four hours and then five hours and then you get the baby in the morning and then, you know, it's a, it's a chance to quickly recover from that before going back in, basically. Um, ask, ask a lot of questions, read books. I mean, the stuff that we read is, is helpful, but um, the most helpful stuff is to keep things simple. Um, you know, you just need, you just pretty much need a changing table, a bassinet or a crib, and and diapers to start. You don't need a an arsenal of stuff and creams and lotions and all this stuff. You you just need the the basics to start. I'm noticing we have way too much stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. We have toys that she can't even use for like a year. (laughs) So I I can see how we, we jumped the gun on, on some things, (laughs) but when the moment comes, I guess we'll have the stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the one of the biggest hurdles was the breastfeeding thing. Um, I didn't know that that was going to be a hurdle. I didn't, I thought that just happened. But there's training involved. Uh, the mother produces colostrum first, um, which is a like a concentrated um, gel that comes out of the breast, not milk. Mm-hmm. So first for two three days they get the colostrum. Ideally, so that was really difficult for Helena. That she didn't produce much, so we had to supplement with formula, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which. It's just an, another option, another scenario. They're like, "Well, blood sugar's going down. Um, you need to you need to feed the baby something." So we're gonna supplement with formula, and um, but that worked fine. Now we're now we're fully on breast milking, which is nice. Just a few days of extra formula, and um, you know, so. Yeah. To just, there's so many options. There's so many backups. uh, You don't, everyone wants like the perfect scenario. The baby's going to come out like this and then we're going to do this. And then, you know, we're going to come home and it's going to be like this, but we got home and, and, and it was like, it was like coming home after a funeral. Oddly enough, it was like, okay, what do we do now? Like there's no team of people there, you know, so it's like, okay, just like I always say after chaos uh, inject order where chaos once was, and then everything starts to make sense. So um, I just was like, okay, you sit there. Don't do anything. The baby is sleeping. So I started to clean. I started to cook. Um, I started to do the things that, that needed to be done for the very basics of survival, and it all of a sudden it's just like everything makes sense again. And then there's relaxation. Turn on the TV, um, because in the hospital everyone does everything for you, and and they train you, but but they really take over, and they're like they they have a routine, and they know that you don't know what to do if it's your first time, so. Um, you know, when you come home, continue the routine, be the nurse, uh, pr- provide the food for the, the guy should cook everything clean, um, make sure mom is hydrated, stuff like that. Pretty basic, yeah. but, but it can feel overwhelming. I can see how it's overwhelming because there's a little human there, um, uh, like a little alien thing that, that needs constant attention and um, at the hospital they show you how to hold the baby to where you can do two things at once. So it's total, I've been using it every day, just <laughs> holding the baby that way. And then like you have one hand free. And because um, the newborn doesn't want to be alone, it doesn't want to sit there yeah, unless it's yeah. sleeping. There's no like waking state, it's either sleeping or crying. There's very few moments of, of like waking consciousness where there's the, just an observation uh, she's just doing that like last night and today is her, is, you know, is those, she's starting to have more of those moments where there's no crying. There's just like staring and looking around and, you know, using her eyebrows, like trying to <laughs> practice and <blinking. laughs> you know, and she goes from yawning to like, you know, like trying to smile because and, and <laughs> there's all these yeah. muscles there. It's, it's an amazing thing to observe the foundation of humans and um from the very moment like we come out and we're born we we want things and there's 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 innate born things that just come with us and um you can see how um that sticks with normal people they, they continue those likes and dislikes and never have training to detach and things like that so it's really the, the the mind the body the instinctive mind we really have to learn how to conquer it because it's just there from the moment we're born so if we've been doing the same thing for decades um, and it just causes unhappiness get rid of that thing. Get rid of it, remove it from your life and conquer it and move on, um, and you'll be better off. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. I'm really enjoying it. Helena's enjoying it too, uh, it, but it's, it's, it's more difficult for women. I'm sitting from a much easier perspective. I did not have a seven pound um, object come out of my body. Mm-hmm. So, got to give it to women i mean that's amazing that's really amazing i mean we we all go through stuff but women purposefully go into childbirth i mean it's just in there that they're designed to do that it's 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 amazing i'm not i don't think i don't, if i if it was like the role was re- reversed and I f- felt the way that I feel now, I don't, I don't think I'd have that desire. There, there's something that we can't see inside women that are just, it's, it's it's like we, we get hungry. So we, we desire food. We need food. They have a hunger for a baby and they need that. They need that hunger uh, 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 satisfied. It's, it's amazing and and not, I'm excited to to see what who we brought into this world you know because I believe in reincarnation so now I get to say okay who's in this body what what soul is here and and what is this soul going to be good at um I'm excited to teach it what I know and then just see what happens and see where they go and be there for them so yeah
1: well don't know what to say that was amazing and yeah love listening to that and it's definitely something i'll most likely come back to in the future when i may be in a similar situation
0: yeah i'm excited that now i get to if it helps people in the future when i know more and as i learn and as we learn and you know um several of my friends um are pregnant now uh with their their spouse so you know hopefully I can give them some pointers, but we all have, hopefully we all have community. We have so many people that are like, not, not just family, either other friends and, 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 and relatives and things like that. And, um, offering advice and, you know, buying us things and, you know, so community is, is it's a people mission. Life is a people mission. It's just how it works. Um, And as much as the monks that trained me, you know, wanted to leave the world, you can't, you, it's very difficult to do that. You end up being inside the world everywhere you turn. So you, you need people, you, you need community, and it just finds you. And, you know, some of the monks would level with me sometimes when we'd talk about like, you know, how hardcore we were and everything. And, and then some of the monks would be like, yeah, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> like you and I are here. We're not in the jungle. Well, I mean, we're in the jungle, but we're in a compound. Like we're not, we're not truly, you know, hardcore. You, We have each other. We have money. We have phones and computers and, you know, we have a good routine and, and we're all in this together. We have a huge community and, and um, have a huge bank account and we're fine. You know, we're not, we're not as hardcore. Um, in the search for solitude, you find that you, you embrace community and solitude is, is not in, um, it's not in proximity to people. It's, it's in, it's in proximity to thought could you explain that? So, so people on, on their adventures and their explorations and, and journeys seek solitude, right? They seek to get away. So proximity of proximity is is in relation uh, objects in relation to each other. So they seek solitude in body. They seek to get away, to, to move, travel, fly, go to a new place, learn new things, right? We talk about it all the time. And that's they, they, they seek an, an aloneness to get away from it all. It's a common, it's a common phrase, get away from it mm-hmm. all. And that's proximity um, solitude. But real solitude is, is not not physical, it's mental. So if you can separate yourself from your mind, that's the only solitude you actually ever need, um, but community is 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 important. Within within balance, it's good to get away with body and, and proximity in in the physical world, but you end up coming back. You end up you end up circling back to community in the end.
1: Okay. So I'm interested what. So, what's your plan for Maya's financial future then? Like, what did you end up settling on?
0: Um, well, definitely putting, you know, money away in 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 a, in stocks and ETF for sure, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, having a chunk of 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 um, money to give her. in in 18 years or something, hopefully having abundance so that we can take care of her needs and have her be well-educated and things like that. That's, that's the goal, right? Um, But Mm -hmm. in terms of planning and everything, we, we, we actually always said that, you know, we wanted a, a, a solid house and everything and a good footing, you know, and good, good income coming in before we had a kid, but for us it didn't work out like that. We're we're you know, we're planning on moving again and, and we don't have a house. And we don't have the money for a house. And you know, so we're 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 just you have babies and you live life. It usually you don't have like everything figured out. And you know, part of me is 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 very much still in tune and dependent on the universe, you know, and, and just hopeful that the path of karma brings you opportunity and and hopefully that I can see opportunity. I'm I'm a firm believer in that. So I don't put, I don't put all my trust. Just like how we talk about offline, we talk about not putting your money in the bank, you know, and should put it in, in the stock market, but I don't put all my trust in, in, plans and 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 the physical world i put um i do put more trust uh more than half uh, probably 70 30 in in the mystical in in the intuitive in the the yogic world and that that will provide and that i was born for a reason maya has a purpose helena has a purpose we have aims we have goals we have visions and dreams and desires and as we go towards those those aims we we live a meaningful life as long as the aim is difficult enough and i believe we have that in place and so uh i think trusting too much in the physical and building plans and stuff is is the root of suffering you know partial suffering and and it's because the earth is so slow. Physi- the physical world is so slow. Um, and things, your mind sees the end goal, you know, and, and you have to live through the, the, the process. Mm-hmm. So I'm just enjoying the process now and, and shooting for the ideal in every scenario. And... Um, I think we're going to start that by, uh you know, the next biggest goal is just living near the beach. What's the biggest goal right now? Okay. come? Well, why not? <laughs> the beach okay. is, is um, beautiful, warm. The ocean is special. The ocean is sacred. Yeah. And yeah. I think we want Maya to um, live near the ocean first. Okay. And we're not far. We're closer to the ocean and warm Southern California than we are to anywhere else. So uh, I think that's a good place to start and hunker down for uh, at least a year before deciding where else to go.
1: Nice. Yeah. I wonder if after having gone through this, how much maybe we'll give a different perspective to your teachings as well potentially or do you think that won't change
0: well i don't know i mean yeah everything is bound to change um but you know i'm 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 i consider some of the things i think about and and believe in are are eternal Mm -hmm. um some of the things i i believe in are eternal they don't change um and I don't think they will change. I think uh, you know, I don't know. I, I know that our schedule is different now and things like that. And you know, the common thing you'll hear is, oh, your world's gonna change and this and that. My world, our world changed all the time. Like yeah. Helena and I never wanted to settle into a routine. We we always wanted change. So we welcome this change. We're like, bring it on. And um we we look forward to living a, a fruitful life with a baby with and then a toddler and, and et, cetera, et cetera. and showing it snowboarding and rock climbing and all these things and and what the ocean is like you know when i was when i was growing up no one showed me the ocean no one showed me um uh, snowboarding and, and mountain climbing okay. and mountain biking and uh climbing a mountain and nature and I had very basic suburban upbringing you know rollerblading and skateboarding um so we're excited to kind of change that for Maya and and show her some amazing things that we know uh, about and um we're fortunate that we can do that you know my parents didn't work remotely my parents went to a job so I'm not I'm not faulting them. And I'm just saying that was our karma. So we have a, we seem to have a different karma and everything's changing. So we're all, we're remote. We're, um, we're, we're more financially remote. We're not so homebound. So we look forward to doing some different things. And, and uh, if one of my, you know, from what you first said, if one of my beliefs changes, then that's exciting. And I'm going to be the first one to start teaching that new thing. I think For what
1: sure. I meant more was I'm not sure if you interpreted it that way. Um so I just clarify. Uh so you'll be able to maybe relate maybe another word to maybe better way of phrasing is is you'll be able to perceive other people's experiences a different way potentially. Maybe yeah in a more relatable way when someone comes to you for help because of what you went through uh, in the past week. Oh, sure. Maybe, yeah. So it would have shifted your perspective in a way where, yeah, maybe it would be like better, easier. I'm, I'm not sure again, wedding to relate to other people who come to you for help.
0: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. The more we experience, the more we can relate to other people and other experiences. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. I mean, but, you know, it's like, I think I'm kind of sticking to my guns here
1: where, like, I'm not sure how to say this.
0: So, everything that I help people with, I've been trained in for a long time and i've been trained to work with families and couples and children and i i've never like just been with other monks and trained with other monks like i've i've trained with family people and 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 you know i've always incorporated balance in my tr- teachings to, to accommodate a growing family. Like I know we talk about discipline and strictness and schedules and waking up early and stuff. And that stuff remains it, but it it's flexible during times of life change, right? Like having a newborn, I don't expect to be a jujitsu at five o'clock in the morning for a few weeks, you know, I'm going to, we need a routine first so that I know that I can leave right for an hour and come back. And we have to figure that out. So if, if the monks were never hardcore at someone who needed flexibility, we, we always encourage flexibility. I'm, I'm hardest on young people who don't have responsibility yet don't have kids yet, don't even have a relationship yet. I'm hardest on them. And I'm strictest with them because they don't have the career. They don't have the things holding them down. They don't have the house. They have, you know, they have time. And you can't waste time. It's selfish and it's foolish. And that's where I'm strictest. And that's, who I, I, don't, I don't bend for and I don't empathize or sympathize with. I empathize, but when you have time and you waste it and you come to me and you're like, I need help. And it's like, okay, no career, no family, no, no kids, no home. All right, well, it's time to suck it up and get to work. But, but for people that need flexibility and stuff, that's, that's always been there. That's never changed. I wouldn't say the same thing to two, you know, two different people. Most likely it, it's, it's quite case sensitive. So, but yes, um, specifically, um, I mean, even with investment, the little, I know, you know, um, now that I know a little bit more, I can help people with that one day. And, and um, you know, everything that you learn can then be tr- treated as a teaching tool once you, once you can teach it. So
1: uh, for sure. And you, I guess, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Understand. Oh, wait, you said, don't say you understand. Hmm, how should I rephrase that? <laughs> Tell me, Rush. What episode was that? Uh, it was like, don't say I know i know it. yeah that's the that's the i understand what i understand it's still similar to what i know no <laughs> uh what are you gonna say <clears throat> um yeah so one more question was at what age should people maybe have it figured out by have what figured out what you were saying before so when young people you're saying they're wasting time they have no like career no really, really like aspirations in life. So by what age should they have that sorted out? Or is that not something you can quantify?
0: Yeah, it's tough to quantify because everyone has their own karma and, and they have their okay. own path. And you know, I've yeah. God, I was lucky, right? Or I don't believe in luck, but I was fortunate. Um I'm replacing the word luck with the word fortunate. I was fortunate to find the the desire to to jump in the path at a youngish age of, of uh, you know, 18, 19, 20. Very fortunate. But you have people that struggle for a long time and then they change. As long as change is in the cards, I recommend playing them whenever they get played. Uh, if you, That's one of the things young people can get worried about and, and depressed about and frustrated with is... is when do I, you know, when am I supposed to have this figured out? It's like, yeah. it's not really something you can see. You just take it one day at a time.
1: There's something that's happening to someone I know now and just wondering how I can support them for it.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was uh, 16, working in a movie theater. Um, I'll never forget one of the concession people. They worked the, the candy and popcorn area. She was like, I was in high school, I guess, at the time. And she was like, where are you going to go to college? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to go to college. And she's like, you don't know. You know you're not going to go to college. What, what's your 10-year plan? And I, mind you, I'm like a stoned out 16-year-old kid working <laughs> yeah. at a movie theater selling drugs on his free time. And I'm like, 10-year plan?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you talking about? And um, a few other people chimed in all of the same age. And they were like, oh, yeah, you got to know what to do and everything. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, I'm still putting nacho cheese on popcorn. And that was my plan. Um, You know, I don't don't recommend people have 10-year plans. I I don't even know what that means. I, I recommend having goals. I'm not so
1: sure I recommend having a timeline attached to those goals. Yeah. Unless you have as a general guideline, but then aren't afraid to switch up those plans and maybe a year or two depend on what happens throughout your life. Yeah. Yeah. If you have yeah. a general
0: timeline, great. Um, if something should be done in five years, great. If it's not, if you need to reevaluate, adjust, it happens sooner, it happens later. You know, you got to be able to pivot. Um, yeah. exactly. Pivoting is key. I mean,
1: Jesus. Cool. Well, I'll let you go then. I have nothing else to say. Unless there's anything you want to add? Um, no. I have a,
0: have a um, student who uh, is jumping on the Zen Mind Academy, really having a good time with it, going through the meditations and um, the structure. Another young guy who... No kids, you know, no career, just just kind of like finally needing structure and figuring it out. And it's like, okay, here's your structure and uh, it's going well. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm convinced, I'm getting more and more convinced that the Zen Mind Academy is a, 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 a fantastic resource for young people to kind of get a grip on routine and schedule and start figuring out how to use Zen and mysticism and in, in spirituality in everyday life and psychology and how to work all that out. Um, so Zenmind.academy, uh, if you haven't been to it yet, if you, if you need a cheap resource to kind of, uh, get your footing in, um, actual discipline and structure, I recommend it highly. Uh, so far, it has worked for everyone. So
1: I'm excited. I'm proud to say that. Is there any progress on a summer bootcamp potentially maybe one or two years? Oh man, no progress on
0: that yet, but, but the the dream is there. Uh, Zen mind has done its first workshop already with 60 students, um, young people, you know, not necessarily students of Zen mind, but our first digital workshop. So um, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one, but uh, there's something about the warm weather that helps figure all that out.
1: Okay. Cool. Well, thank you very much for your time. And I really do wish you, all three of you, all the best.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank thank you to all the listeners. And uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you soon, Rokas, and uh, recording next week.